Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today. I know I'm starting about a minute or two early, but uh, I had to give myself a few minutes to uh, uh, share the uh, video on my social media uh, pages. And I've got uh, three uh, my ministry page, our Fighting for Additional American Values page, and the uh, uh, Fountain Life Bible Church page. So I have to try to share that so people can see the uh, online service in uh, multiple ways and uh, won't miss out on that. And uh, But I hope everybody is having a uh, good and wonderful morning and that you're ready to start the day in a wonderful way. And uh, good morning, good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning, good morning to you. There you go. So there you, you can I have sung to you this morning, and uh, it should make you very happy. But, um, you know, uh, I know Wednesday evening, uh, you know, I was commenting back and forth with those who were um, on my social media. I could see their names and what they're saying, and I was talking back and forth, and um, uh, I received a complaint. Uh, someone was very, very, very upset about uh, how I was responding to individuals here on social media, and I will not say the name of this person at all. I don't want to uh, uh, give anybody uh, any idea who it could be, that was uh, who made this complaint on uh, social about my responding and talking to people on social media. So I will not reveal this person's name who was complaining that uh, uh, I was uh, being distracted by people who were uh, commenting on social media. But this person was very. Uh, very upset that I was uh, talking to those people, but I will not reveal the name of this individual at all. <laughs> so, so uh, I um, will. Um, uh, uh, if you want to put on there the uh, uh, prayer concerns, feel free to do so, and I will respond to those only. But when I get into the uh, service itself, I will uh, will not be responding back uh, to any comments, and and uh, so maybe after the video, I can uh, uh, get that uh, uh, respond after that. But uh, Jennifer said you're not a bad singer. Well, thank you, Jennifer. That's very very sweet of you. I'll be sure and give you a twenty dollar bill later. But anyway, if you have any prayer concerns, uh, be sure and put those on there now. I know that I I've got a text this morning about some prayer concerns. Before we get into that, though, let's go ahead and to uh, uh, read this morning's opening passage. So if you will look at Luke chapter 21, verse 28. So I'll give everybody just a second to look there. Luke 21, 28. So I'll give everybody just a, just a second. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nigh. So as my old Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to your hearts. Uh, if you, again, if you have any prayer requests, put these on the uh, social media page here, and we will respond to those. Uh, Darlene Barker had messaged me this morning and said uh, to be sure and put uh, on there her co-worker Seth Ferguson and his family, her granddaughter Mackenzie, Kim and Robert Penix, Kim and Don Scalf, her customer Lisa uh, Winters, Ephesus class members, Matt, Brandy, and Vic, and Linda Young to keep me safe doing my job, and many unspoken that God knows. So I told her I would definitely do that. Thank you, Mrs. Williams. We do need to be praying for Billy Jack's family, and uh, unfortunately, Billy Jack passed away uh, last night, and uh, very, uh, very heartbreaking. Uh, I really liked Billy Jack. He was a good man, and thought, thought the world of him. So really be praying for uh, for his daughter, Amanda, and I'm sure this is a tough time for her right now and uh, so that Lord give her peace and strength there in this very difficult time and let's be in prayer for uh, I know a lot of people are on edge right now uh, with everything that's going on and scared and uh, if you're like me sometimes I watch or read too many things I shouldn't in regards to this virus and it causes a little more anxiety I should just leave it alone uh, but uh, you know just you're wanting to know what's going on uh, Teresa Melton said pray for my family uh, we will Teresa most definitely but let's go ahead and go for the Lord uh, in prayer this morning now Father Lord we thank you we love you and we praise you Lord, thank you for this wonderful and beautiful day that you've blessed us with. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for allowing us to come together this morning and to worship. We may not be able to be together physically, but we are all together in spirit. 
and mind, and Lord, uh, that we can still worship and uh, this morning. And Lord, just want to lift up these prayer requests, concerns. Pray for Darling Parker's uh, granddaughter and co-workers and uh, uh, Ephesus class, Lord Jesus. I pray for Teresa's family, and Lord, I pray we'll lift up uh, Billy Jack's uh, daughter Amanda, and Lord, to give her comfort and peace uh, during this very difficult time right now, Lord. And uh, we know where he's at, but it still hurts, and we will miss him. And Lord, I just want to lift up all those who are struggling, who are fearful, uh, who are sick, uh, that are dealing with this coronavirus, that you'll give peace, healing, and uh, let your presence be known and felt. Uh, Lord, be with all those who are sick in general, whether it's flu, cold-related, uh, those needing to have surgeries, Lord, that you will uh, intervene in a mighty way. Lord, let us serve you well in all things, and Lord, let us depend upon you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I am... Um, uh, Trying to think of some announcements to announce. Obviously, this is uh, not what we're genuine, genuine, generally used to. <laughs> and so, uh, as far as uh, Easter is concerned, uh, Dad and I were speaking this morning, and uh, we do feel unless something just dramatically changes and there's a reversal of what's going on over the next three weeks, we know th three weeks from today is Easter, uh, that uh, we're going to have to cancel uh, our. Easter and Easter sunrise service as far as physically meeting. Uh, now, Dad and I will be at the church to stream online live, uh, so you stay home, all right? So you stay home, and, uh, you know, we don't need any more exposure. I, I have a compromised immune system, as many of you know. My dad is, uh, you know, he has breathing problems. I know he has asthma, but he's got a lot of physical things going on as well, so we don't want him to be exposed to anything. So uh, be sure and stay home, but we're going to stream live online the Easter sunrise service at 7 a.m., at 10.45 a.m., uh, Dr. Vic Young will be bringing the Easter message online only. So keep that in mind. I know this stinks. Uh, like I told you before, I truly uh, look forward to our Easter presentation uh, at Freedom Hall, uh, as well as our Easter sunrise service. Going to miss my mama's uh, good biscuits and gravy and uh, the uh, breakfast casseroles the other ladies make and such. So that's, uh, hey, we're, we're going to miss out all around. We're going to miss out on uh, being there all together as a church family, and we're going to be missing out on some good food as well. So it's, it's sad, but it's a necessary evil at this time that we will have to do. So, um, uh, again, uh, just keep that in mind that uh, the, the Easter presentation will not happen this year, but we will stream live online. Uh, don't forget this evening, 6 p.m., we'll be streaming. I will be streaming live again at 6 p.m., and uh, we'll be continuing our study in Hebrews. I think tonight will make for a good good study. And um, oh, and Ginger Hood just messaged me. He said to keep uh, Steve Whaley in our prayers. He's having major complications from his heart and heart surgery and is very down. So that is uh, Steve Whaley to keep that in your prayers. And don't forget Murph. We need to keep him in, in our prayers and uh, Linda Feathers as well. But um, um, I'm trying to think here. Uh, don't, now next Sunday, I could say Sunday night, Wednesday night, I'll be doing the uh, the evening service online and, and, and working on that study in Hebrews. Next Sunday morning, uh, Dr. Vic Young will be bringing the uh, morning message. And so, again, that'll be online only. We'll not be meeting physically, but online only. And uh, as I was telling Dad this morning, I've been struggling with some of the... Uh, uh, people's comments in regards to us meeting online and it's just uh it's frustrating it really is but uh you know it's not a lack of faith god gives us common sense and we have to do what's right for our parishioners and uh and for the community and so sometimes these decisions do not come lightly and although there are a very few who disagree i think the majority do agree based on what i've seen on social media and uh, i think we're doing the right thing so all right so let's go ahead and dive into god's word now unfortunately you know um i don't have a way to do praise songs, and I don't think that you want to uh, um, uh, be singing any praises uh, this morning, uh, because uh, that would hurt your ears, it'll probably make the internet crash. Uh, I could ask for ushers to come forward, but that would be my four dogs, and and uh, they have a hard time, they have no opposable thumb, so they can't hold on to the offering plate, and it's kind of hard to get to everybody's house, so, <laughs> but I say that jokingly, but, uh, but in all seriousness, uh, that uh, if you want to tithe, and I, I hate I hate bringing up tithe because there's so many pastors who have that's all they care about is money. I realize Family Bible Church is not about that, but understand that it is very much not only a ministry.
industry, but it's also a business, and we have to keep the lights on. We have a lot of benevolence. We help out uh, a lot of, um, uh, uh, what's the matter with me today, uh, missionaries. To get the word out here, we help out a lot of missionaries. And so, you know, to understand that's where the, the, these money monies go. And, and if you want to uh, give your tithe, you can do it in several ways. You can mail it to 118 Julie Lane, uh, or you can drop it off. There's, we have a big metal mailbox and uh, right, right as you uh, surprised me a lot of people when I've said that uh oh hello uh hello son I, I hope uh, I don't know who that was who was complaining about all the uh, <laughs> timing in like that but we'll figure it out sooner or later yeah, I, <laughs> uh, I just wanted to hear real quick you talk about people who don't like the uh, the fact the live streaming video God's word tells us, keep us from presumptuous sin. And to be able to, to do those things of putting God to the test, which is a terrible thing to do. Years ago, there was a black preacher that I heard, and he preached a message called Faith, Foolishness, and Presumption. And there's a difference between faith, There's, a, and then you can be presumptuous, and you can be foolish. And to be able to do these things, it's sort of like the uh, joke with the flood. And the fella said he had faith, and he was on his front porch, and he didn't want no help, and then he got up on his roof, and then uh, they come by with a helicopter. Well, he drowned. He said, God, what happened? He said, I thought you would take care of me. And God said, I sent you a boat, I sent you a helicopter. So it would be the same type of thing here. God's given us gray matter and common sense. He's given us wisdom, knowledge, understanding, discernment by the Holy Spirit. And if you can't figure that out, then... Uh, Go, go dance at an ungodly party then if you want to spread it around, but not God's house. So thank you, and God bless you, and have a good day. Thank you, sir. Yeah, we, uh, uh, yeah, one person I saw put on there said, I found a Baptist church, and it's faith over fear. I'm like, you know, just like uh, old Dr. Young was saying, you know, to me, that's testing God and pushing God. I, the same individual that said this, I'm wondering, do you go to the doctor? Do you take medicine? Or is it faith over fear? You know, it's common sense. God uses these things uh, so we can protect ourselves. So, but anyway, I uh, appreciate uh, the comments that are on here. But again, I'm not going to read them because of uh, someone was uh, uh, complaining. And uh, I won't say who that was. Anyway, let's go ahead and dive into God's Word this morning. Uh, we're going to look at, uh, we're going to first start out with Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 through 11. And I appreciate the, the kind comments that uh, that are on there right now. Isaiah 46, 9 through 11. So I'll give everybody, in case you have your physical Bibles there, give you just a second to turn there. And or if you have your devices, uh, let you uh, be able to look that up as well. I, uh, but no, I, you know, I, I know it's tough not being able to meet physically, and I miss seeing everybody, and uh, uh, getting to say hello is always good to see our church family faces, but uh, as I said before, I, or I don't know if it's on, on here directly or on my devotions, but you know, this is a, a good way for us to really come together and, and uh, still worship the Lord, and so we praise God for that, uh, that, that God has given this ability. You know, this has been 20, 30 years ago. Hey, we've just been stuck in our homes and no way to do something like this. So praise God that we he, he allows us to have technology to be able to, to do these sorts of things. But Isaiah 46, uh, 9 through 11 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end, the beginning, from and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass, I have purposed it, I will also do it. So in other words, God knows the future, he knows all things, what's going on. So, before we get started, let's go ahead and have a uh, word of prayer, if we may, please. Dear Father, Lord, again, we just come before you and praise your holy name. And Lord, I just pray that you will guide us in your word this morning and lead us. Uh, Lord, let us use it to be edified and equipped. But most importantly, let it glorify you and let us serve you well in all things. Let us be fearful of nothing, knowing, Lord Jesus, that you are in control and that uh, we just need to trust and depend upon you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
So, as we look here at, uh, you know, this morning, uh, one thing I want to talk about a little bit is uh, eschatology, the study of end times. Now, I'm not going into anything really in, in, real in depth. Uh, obviously, I mean, there's been volumes of books written on these sorts of things, some things that are, uh, are heretical and, and opinion, uh, some that are truly biblical, but uh, so I was going to kind of hit the uh, just kind of scratch the surface, if you will, this this morning, and um, because I think there's some things that I've been seeing floating around on social media, and uh, that I feel like we need to kind of just hit on it a little bit, uh, so people kind of have a little more clear understanding as to what's going on. Now, I titled this message this morning "Infinity and Jelly Donuts." Now. If you are a Magnum PI fan, you know exactly where I where that title come from. And uh, one of the some of the last episodes uh, that was it, it was actually the title of those episodes where Magnum may have died. And uh, but anyway, I'm gonna get into that. If you've seen it, you've seen it. If you haven't, you haven't. But anyway, uh, reason why I titled that is, but first of all, we're gonna be talking about infinity, eternity, if you will, and uh, that if your heart and your your um, mind is secure, then um, um, Hold on here. And that um, I know my dad does not like this, but I have so many people watching. I'm going to have to reboot it here and get back to the live stream. I was praying hard this morning. This would not happen, but it uh, is anyway. But uh, but anyway, um, so we're looking at infinity, uh, eternity, uh, and the fact that if our hearts are where they need to be, then uh, we have nothing to fear. But looking at jelly donuts, okay, so if we're looking at jelly donuts, of course now I love jelly donuts, as you can tell by my big belly, I love uh, jelly donuts. But, you know, if you're trying to be healthy, you want to avoid those jelly donuts. Now, when you see that hot uh, donut sign on, you want to gravitate towards those donuts because they are so warm and gooey and good, but they do you no benefit. Well, the reason why uh, that how I relate that to this today's topic is if people in this world are consumed with the, what they consider the good things of this world, then they're going to neglect their relationship with Jesus Christ. They're going to re re neglect their fellowship with other Christians, and they're going to be absorbed into things of this world and, and to neglect the things that are important. So that's why I titled that. I was praying about it, thinking, well, how, what would be a, a good title? And I thought, well, I, that, the Lord laid out on my heart, and I thought, well, what a good way to to open this up and discuss it because if you know some things may be good but they're not good for you and the things of this world are not good for you spiritually so we need to look at eternity or infinity and we need to avoid those things of the world the jelly donuts all right not putting out jelly donuts so but you get my point and so uh, that's what we're we're going to focus on uh, this morning so when we dive into God's word here we're going to look at what uh, uh, how to uh, survive the end times and and so you know when it comes to dealing with the end times uh, a lot of people's anxiety is uh, very high, all right, and um, and I understand it. It can be a very uh, fearful thing that um, uh, to not understand the unknown and what to expect. Uh, it can be uh, very um, anxiety ridden. In fact, uh, someone posted just this morning that uh, they don't go to the church or anything, but it just it really bothered me uh, because they were trying to be cute, but it was very. Uh, uh, in very poor taste, saying, well, this is the end of time, and there's no use in trying, so just blow your brains out. And I, that, uh, man, that really bothered me, because there's a lot of people out there who are alone, all right? You know, I'm fortunate to have my wife and daughter here. Many of us are fortunate to have our families and spouses, significant others with us, and uh, that eases the anxiety to a certain extent. But there's some people out there who may not be trusting in the Lord totally and completely, and uh, as a result, uh, you know, they may be dealing with a lot of depression and fear. For somebody to make that kind of post is uh, very uncalled for. And uh, so we need to understand as Christians that we need to be very careful how we, uh, what we say and what we do and that we're being very encouraging to other people and uh, to ease the anxiety of those around us. For those who are saved, there's no reason for us to be anxious. There's no reason for us to be afraid because we have Jesus Christ. And I hit on this a little bit last night when Brandy and I did our podcast, is where's your trust? All right, if your anxiety is up here and you're in full fear mode, I mean, because God's Word tells us time again that, you know, fear comes from the devil and, and the, you know, there, there, we're not to be anxious for anything. We see all these things uh, completely. I'm going to sit here and quote every verse. I, uh, I feel like I've quoted them uh, many, many times. But the fact is, 
uh, it's uh, confusing uh, to other people. And when you're sitting there saying that you're a Christian, your trust is in God, but you're sitting there going, oh, okay, yeah, I trust God, but I'm scared to death. I'm scared. Well, wait a minute. All right, you're being double-minded there. Uh, either your trust is fully and completely on Jesus Christ, or it isn't. I mean, you're to me that's saying in lip service only. Yeah, I trust God; He's got this, but I'm scared to death. Well, no, hold on. You're you're not uh, being putting your full trust in God if you're still still showing this anxiety. Now, I understand the 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 certain level of nervousness and and what's going on here. I understand that. Because we are fallible people, all right, and we, you know, because this the fallen world, we have our weaknesses, and the devil knows how to to prey on those weaknesses. But we need to give it to God and let it go. We are, and I've said this a many times, or we are not in control of anything. And I think that's where a lot of this anxiety comes from, is the fact that uh, we are not in control. And then inherently, we are control freaks. And so we have to be very, very careful about that, uh, that we are relenting and giving it all to Jesus Christ. Because he nothing is happening outside of his control. Now, when we look at, uh, particularly with end times uh, types of situations, uh, we need to make sure that we are interpreting God's word literally. All right, uh, because, uh, you know, a lot of times you want to understand God's words. If you read before and read the verses after a particular passage, nine times out of ten it's going to uh, interpret itself. But that's one thing even uh, you've heard my dad say, uh, Dr. Vic Young, for those who don't know, is that we are to interpret God's word literally, unless it's allegorical or, uh, or if it's a metaphor for something. But literally, we have the, the literal interpretation, we have the futurist view that we have to look at. Uh, there's been um, over uh, 300 uh, prophecies, there's, there's the uh, prophetical books uh, as, uh, in uh, Daniel and Revelation uh, that, um, uh, you know, we'll talk about the rapture, and I know I've had people, when I talk about the rapture, that is not in the Bible, I know, all right, that's where, in the Bible it talks about being caught up, and rapturo is where we get the Greek word for being caught up, and so that's where we get the word rapture at, okay, except the reason why I make a point to say that, I had a gentleman here a few months back, um, uh, after church, because I made mention about the rapture, he said, uh, "You know the rapture is not in the Bible, don't you?" <laughs> yes, I know. I I understand that. So you know, not not trying to be mean spirited. This individual, the, their heart was in the right place, and uh, and if I'm doing, if I ever say anything that. Uh, you're not under, you're not clear about, uh, or that is simply wrong. Then tell me. I need to know these things. All right. I, I want to know because I don't want to. You know, if I've misspoken some way, then I, I want to know how to correct that. So uh, just uh, understand that. You know, I'm not against that criticism or anything that uh, that I need to to work on. But um, you know, what's going to happen? All right. That's one thing people understand. What what is going to happen uh, in these last days? So when we look at uh, in exactly what is going to happen. Uh, in these last days. One thing we can look at, that, um, of course, uh, Jesus will rapture, he'll come and rapture us up out of, uh, out of this world. For those who are saved, you know, Jesus Christ is their personal Lord and Savior. They're going to uh, be within a blink of an eye, all right? We're going to uh, be raptured out of here. Now, uh, one thing, particularly in Wayne Grudem's uh, Systematic Theology book, in regards to one section he had on there, was, is Jesus Christ going to come at any time, or do certain things have to come to pass before he returns? Now, that's an interesting question, because, uh, you know, we always speak about Christ coming at any time, which I believe that Christ can return at any time. When we see these things happening, we need to not be anxious about it, but look forward to Christ's return. All right, doesn't mean that every single thing uh, has to be in a certain way for Christ's return. When we see these things happening, look up. All right, because Christ is going to return. We're seeing a lot of things, and you know, and realize. And I may hit on this a little more here in a few minutes that not every single thing that we, you know, not every earthquake, pestilence, famine, plagues, whatever it is, not everything that we see is a direct. Uh, result of end time. Sometimes these things happen. The earth is groaning because of sin. These things are happening uh, because we just live in a fallen world. So I think a lot of people automatically assume that as soon as you see these kind of things happening, that, that well, that's it. You know, this is the end times. That's not necessarily the case. Do I personally believe we are living in the end times? Yes, I believe that we are in living in the end times. And I think that we need to be ready and waiting for Jesus Christ. And again, we're going to get into that here in just a moment. Now, 
Uh, let's see here. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 and 13. So let's look over here. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 and 13. Give everybody just a second uh, to turn there just for a minute. says in verse uh, chapter verse 1 uh, it is verse 1 but chapter 3 verse 1 of 2 Timothy this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of them of their own selves covetous boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy without natural affection truce breakers false accusers incontinent fierce despisers of those that are good Traitors, heady, high-minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. I think we're definitely seeing that. Uh, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Verse 13 says, uh, we'll skip down to 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax uh, worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So I think that, you know, it's very clear that we're seeing some of these th very things we're reading uh, transpiring today. And so that's, and we need to keep that in mind. Uh, particularly in regards to um, what's going to happen. We see that downward spiral of the church, downward spiral of, of humanity, uh, particularly in um, uh, morality. You know, I think that uh, sometimes you don't think we can hit another, a new low in morality, but the world seems to find a way to do that. We're seeing an upswing of people who uh, hate and despise Christians. We're seeing a falling away from the church. We're seeing a uh, disinterest in God and Christianity. And so that's why I believe that we are living in the last days. Is this virus a direct result of last days? You know, it, it could be, uh, but I'm not going to sit there and say that it is. There may be four or more ranging things that we may have to endure uh, before Christ returns. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's those who believe that Christ will return before the tribulation. I tend to believe more in a mid-trib uh, uh, scenario that we will probably live about three years in the tribulation before Christ's return. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of people who would debate me on that, And uh, but I, that's my um, firm opinion. Now, when we, what do we need to do, uh, particularly uh, when it comes to uh, these these prophecies and uh, and its effect on us today? You know, one thing we've got to do is to be obedient. We need to worship. We need to uh, whatever the case may be, whether it's uh, uh, the effect of the prophecy or how to overcome those fears in the end times. Is the fact that we need to be spiritually prepared. We need to be ready to not only be obedient, but we need to be uh, spreading that Christian message. We need to be telling others about Jesus Christ. Live. You know, if you notice, every time I end my uh, devotions, I say, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. One day it's going to be, all right, whether Christ tarries or whether he comes back. No, we're not guaranteed of tomorrow, so we need to make sure we're living each day, each day in a very spiritual way, that we're spending that time in God's Word, we're spending that time in prayer, that we're serving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being. And if you're doing that, then you, are, then you will be prepared for Christ's return. And we want to make sure that we're doing that each and every day. We must live spiritually. We must live in a godly way each and every day. We are not perfect. We will mess up. I'll mess up every single day, all right? Uh, but, you know, that's one of the last time my daughter the other day, I said, you know, I mess up every day. You know, we're, nobody's nobody's perfect, but we ask God to forgive us. We learn from those experiences, and we try to do better. It doesn't give an excuse to sin because we'll be forgiven, but we try that much harder to serve an almighty God. And that's what we have to do is serving Jesus Christ all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being. So let's look over here uh, as far as what signs we may see in the uh, uh, when the end is approaching. Let's look at Matthew 24 verses 5 through 8. Matthew 24, verses 5 through 8. And I won't have a lot of scripture, Lord willing, this morning, and uh, but I think it's um, uh, necessary to make sure that we have proper understanding as to what we're discussing this morning. Uh, but uh, 24, 5 through 8 says, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, and pestilence, and earthquakes, and divers places. And all these things are the beginning of sorrow. So we're seeing here that uh, 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 a, um, uh, some understanding of what we're going to see here in the last days. You know, some people were sharing an article going around yesterday. Uh, can you remember who the guy's name was? I should have wrote it down. But uh, he was giving some... Um, 
teaching on uh, saying that the Antichrist is not going to be a real person. I don't agree with that. Uh, his uh, view on the uh, Mark of the Beast was very skewed uh, in what he was saying on that. Uh, in fact, based on what he was saying, just using a credit card could be uh, considered a Mark of the Beast. He, he, way off in his theology, and that's it. we got to watch out for these false teachers, and we're going to get in more well into apostasy here in just a minute, but, you know, there's a lot of people, because of what's going on now, are going to pray on your hopes and your fears and what's going on right now uh, in our society. We must pray for that discernment and that wisdom, as we see in James. And, and remember, God's Word says we pray for wisdom, He will give that to us liberally. Let us show great discernment in understanding these things that not everything we see on the Internet, I know this is crazy, not everything we see on the Internet is true. I know that's, that's mind-boggling, you know, because if somebody puts something on Facebook, it has to be true, obviously. But, uh, you know, let's use some discernment here. Now, let's not be sucked into every end-times theology uh, that's out there. Uh, you know, uh, David Jeremiah, he's had some good writings. Wayne Grudem has some things I just mentioned about. Uh, John Piper, you know, so we have some uh, people out there that you can read on that I think uh, could uh, bring some understanding and clarification of what's going on. But be careful about every thing. In fact, there's a lot of things that are posted on, particularly on social media, that if you look, uh, it's not even a real uh, news page or Christian page. It's, it's, it's satire. It's not even true. Uh, you know, so you need to research it. Before you share it, before you think it's real, research it. Look at it. Make sure that what you're putting out there is you're not going off and, and being fearful of something that's not even true. you got a lot of people out there who want to deceive and hurt and, and cause problems, and they're just wicked people. So be sure before you kind of put those things out there so you can have a better understanding of what's going on. So in fact, um, I want you to look at 2 Chronicles seven thirteen in regards to this very thing that we're talking about this morning. Second Chronicles 7.13. In fact, I might, for those who are on social media, I may have that, um, that yeah, here it is. In fact, uh, one of the Kardashians, of course, we know that's a brain trust there, uh, is, uh, even shared this exact photo I'm putting up here. And I've seen other people share it too. This, and I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm not trying to belittle anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad about themselves or that you're stupid in any way. Uh, so uh, don't don't think that at all. I'm just trying to bring understanding and clarification in what we're seeing, okay, and what the, what is being shared. Now, I hate that those on the website I cannot see uh, what I'm putting on here. I, uh, well, they might be able to. Let me do it like this here. Um, they could see the photo this way, just like I was showing the individual who was complaining. <laughs> So, for those online, you'll see this here, and for those, all right, this is what's being shared, say Chronicles 7, 13, so you got, kind of got an idea there of what uh, I'm referring to. So, let's look at that here, say Chronicles 7, 13, it says, if I shut up heaven, and that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people which are called by my name shall be humbled themselves, that's verse 14, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Now, I understand the reason why people are sharing this, particularly verse 13. I shut up heaven that there be no rain if I command the locust, okay? And uh, because uh, there was a, a thing going around uh, earlier in regards to... Um, uh, I think it was in Africa, showed all this, this horde of locusts. I mean, it looked like uh, straight biblical uh, prophecy being fulfilled. I mean, it looked like something that Moses would have sent to Pharaoh. I mean, it was it was insane, uh, the, the amount. So I understand when they, 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 a lot of people zero in on that, and they, they see this about um, uh, no rain and, and devour the land and pestilence among the people, so they automatically zero in and say, well, that's what's going on now, so everybody's sharing it. Well, we need to look at this in its proper context, and the fact that uh, uh, that this is a prayer from Solomon, okay? And when you see this here, particularly in regards to uh, the locusts here, it's talking about irrational animals, all right, is what that's referring to. Not particularly so much as locusts per se, but in reference to irrational animals. In fact, you can see another reference in Amos and in First Kings, I think it was. But... Um, let me make sure of that. Um, I'm almost positive I was saying this at First Kings, but anyway. But the point is, the um, we need to be careful because he's it, 
Solomon was having a prayer because of the famine and the things that were going in Israel at the time and, and to pray to God to bring them into safety and what's going on. This is a particular place, time, and history. And so although, like I said, even the uh, one of the Kardashians was sharing this uh, this very passage of Scripture, and the reason why I know that is because on my uh, Google homepage news, it popped up and uh, people, some were uh, condemning, of course, that she would dare use Scripture. But we need to be careful that just because something seems as though it relates to today doesn't necessarily mean that it does. And uh, so I wanted to point that out because I've seen this passage go around a bunch of times on social media. And so I don't want to, again, it's not. I, I hope nobody gets offended by me showing that uh, and, and expounding on that because it, that's not my point to upset or hurt anybody in any way. I'm not trying to be a smart like I just wanted to, to bring out some clarification. This is passage not meaning what you think it means. And so, again, going back to be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves, we have to be diligent in our studies and, and uh, that we're showing ourselves approved. Okay, and so that's why it's imperative that we spend that time in the Word and we understand what's going on here and not blindly sharing things because I see that all the time. Okay, so now let's go ahead and look over here in the, at uh, Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 30 through 31. Jeremiah 5, verses 30 through 31. Uh, but I like what somebody, I'm sure you're looking at up, that somebody had posted and I shared it. Said so when it comes to online church, uh, of course, I'm not going to memorize this. Uh, uh, I didn't memorize it, but just based on what I read, I uh, said to be sure to get out of bed, put your clothes on, sit there just like you're having church, even amen the pastor and sing along. Of course, I, I don't sing, so <laughs> there's nothing to sing along with, but, uh, but just like you're having church, cut the TV or put the, the live stream on the biggest uh, TV that you have and uh, and focus and concentrate just like you're in church and that's and that's what we need to do is do those very things so but uh, Jeremiah chapter 5 verse 30 and 31 says a wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land the prophets prophesy falsely and the priests bear rule by their means and my people love to have it so and what will ye do in the end thereof so when we look at this passage here all right, is is talking about uh, these these false teachers, uh, these these individuals who would rather have uh, um, have um, um, oh goodness, let me get out here in a second here. I'm, I uh, is um, the fact that um, they would rather have dust, all right, than the fountain of God, all right, the, what the goodness that God has to give, and um, and so that's why we have to. Um, be sure that we're not listening to false teaching, that we're not listening to tickle, you know, things that tickle our ears. Because just like the, what's going on here in this particular place and time is that these people were dealing with false prophets and they loved it. See, that's the problem. They loved it. And we see that here in, in our society today. There's people out there who are false teachers, and there are people out there who love it. It's all they do is there's, there's churches out there. All it is is a pep rally, big hallelujah barn, and you go home. You're not getting any meat. You're not getting any real teaching, and uh, you're not really learning or growing in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And just as these people were loving it, eating it up, we have people that are doing that today in these last days. And so what are you going to say, all right, when you when you stand before God, what are you going to say? That you found him boring, that you found the, the word of God complacent and it didn't interest you, and that uh, and so therefore your your walk wasn't what it's supposed to be? Are you going to start begging for mercy at that point? It would be too late at that point in time. That's why that um, we have to be careful that we are, are truly, I'm not trying to, you know, it's not that I'm trying to put other people down and their church they go to, but we have to make sure that we're getting some real meat, all right, and not eating up something that's just making us feel good. That we're being, that we're truly listening and hearing and understanding that conviction of sins, and that we're being drawn to the heavenly Father and uh, and serving Him well. So you know that's why when we get to heaven, we want to hear, "Well done, good and faithful servant." We don't want to be questioned by God. You know, what? Why did you? find, uh, uh, why was your faith lacking? Why did you find me boring? What do you want to say? When you stand before God Almighty, what are your words going to be? If he says, why should I let you through these gates? Why should I let you into heaven? What are you going to say? And that's something we have to truly think about in this particular time and place in history. So, 
when is Jesus going to return? Well, you know, the last days really started from the very time that he uh, came and uh, was born uh, in a manger to uh, his death, burial, and resurrection. That's when things we understand. In fact, the apostles thought uh, very clearly that it was going to happen at any time. In fact, the apostle Paul had to make a clarification that because the people at that time thought Christ had already come and they missed out, the rapture had already been, and they were they were a mess. And the Apostle Paul had to uh, make a true clarification as to what was, you know, hey, you did not miss it, all right? You don't miss the boat. Uh, you know, it would just be like today. Somebody said, well, well, Christ already came, and, and he's done been here and left, and you missed out on the rapture. And, oh, my gosh, could you imagine uh, the uh, the sorrow and the heartache uh, uh, to think that we missed Jesus Christ? And so we have to be uh, careful about that, that, uh, that we have to understand that we look forward to the rapture, but then when Jesus Christ in his second coming, remember the second coming and the rapture are not the same things. The rapture is different, and then the second coming was when Christ will come on a white horse, all right, and he'll be coming as one to war, and then we'll have the thousand-year reign. So we look at, let's look over here at, um, let's see here, at 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, in regards to uh, the great apostasy, Second Thessalonians two three. You're ready to second to turn there, but uh, you know one way that we know that Christ is going to be returning soon. In fact, maybe um, let's see here. I'm trying to bait if I should have you turn to another passage first. Um, well, yeah, let's go ahead. Before I, I'm sorry. Before we go to Second Thessalonians, let's look at Matthew twenty four. Uh, verse 44 real quick. I think that'd be better before we jump to this other passage here. Uh, 2444 uh, says, uh, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made. Uh, wait a minute, that's not right. That is not the passage I was looking for. Is um that is not what I was looking for. Let me make sure here. Um, hold on here. 32 through 33. That's what I was looking at. Now learn a parable of the fig tree when his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, and ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the door. So I apologize for that. Got ahead of myself a little bit. Uh, but in other words, you know, Jesus talking about the fig, fig leaves, obviously. And we see these things happening, uh, then we know that summer's about to come. You know, just like we have spring here, and we see the, the blooming of certain plants and trees. We know that, hey, spring is here, summer's on its way. Just like we know that Jesus Christ is on his way back, he's going to return. Uh, we're going to be raptured out of here because we see these signs coming. Again, all right, we should not have anxiety. All right, we should anticipate it with great expectation. We should be happy and excited that Jesus Christ is returning. That, that should fill us with great joy. We shouldn't be filled with great fear. And that is a real problem that a lot of people seem to be having right now. They're, they're just so scared to death of what's going to happen. And remember <clears throat> that, uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let me hold on, hold on, hold on to that thought there. I get ready to jump into something, but I want to wait. But again, coming back to the great apostasy, let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verse 3. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3. Hold your finger there at Matthew 24. I'm going to come back to that here in just a second here and read verses 10 and 12. But right now we're going to look at uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3. Get over here. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 says, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that, that day shall not come, except there be a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, and the son of perdition. And then look on over here at Matthew 24. Uh, let's see here, that was verses 10 through 12. It says, And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So again, all right, seeing that great falling away uh, from uh, the scripture, from, from God and from the church and listening to false teachers and false prophets. We're seeing that today. I think that's why we're seeing so many uh, empty pews in the church uh, is because people just don't want to get out anymore. In fact, um, 
going back to, I know I, re, I refer to social media a lot, but, you know, you have to think, that's the majority of people, that's that's where they, they put their comments and thoughts and ideas and what they share. And individuals on there saying, well, I don't need to go to a physical church. You know, all I need is online. I can watch just watch online just as easy. And, and they were putting people down, uh, churches down, saying, well, look at all you you Christians, and you're putting me down because I watched online, and now all you are watching online. And I just... This condescending, just nasty attitude in which this person had, it just it ticked me off. But the thing of it is, we're watching online now because we are forced to stay indoors for for health reasons and uh, to do what is right for the safety of our congregation. But God's Word says, don't forsake the, the assembling of ourselves together. It's great to have that convenience to watch online. All right, you know that's you know when you're sick or out of town or, or bedridden or live in another country, this this comes in handy. But at the same time, we need. All right, remember when I was talking about the the jelly donuts that uh, that if you're absorbed in the good what you consider the good things of this world, that uh, you're going to neglect your Christian fellowship, you're going to neglect your relationship with God. You don't need to neglect that fellowship with other Christians. We must come together with like-minded believers. It's imperative that stone sharp and stone we come together as a people. We are a church family. No, it's a wonderful thing. We're a church family. In fact, it's a little bit of something I'm beginning to this evening. But uh, that we come together and we worship together. We're demonstrating obedience. We're demonstrating that Christ is as important enough for us to crawl our fannies out of bed, get ready, and go and sit in, in the pew. Now, I understand that sometimes it's uh, you know, it's tough to sit and listen to uh, to what you may consider a lecture. But are you sitting there listening in boredom, in apathy, uh, that you're thinking, uh, I just... Got to sit through this again, then I can go home. Is that the kind of attitude that you have? Well, then stay home. Uh, you know, if you're sitting there at the praise song and you're sitting there going, oh, not this song again. And again, there's some things we'll be getting into this evening. But, you know, it's just um, we need to be aware of that and that uh, we need to be excited about things of God. We're going to church not because it's something we just have to do and it's a lecture we have to to to. to endure to the time to leave it is something that we go in the hopes of learning to have better understanding of passages uh, to, to to listen to something that we can apply to our lives to to spur on spiritual growth it's important that we come together as a people and that uh, we don't neglect that maybe this is maybe this is one reason why the Lord's line has to happen not only are we forced to stay inside to maybe um, uh, to to draw ourselves closer to God but to uh, to understand the importance of church so much that, hey, man, I don't be stuck at home anymore. I, I've took for granted uh, what church is about, and I, buddy, next time church is open, I'm going to be there. You know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe get the realization that you've been taking church for granted for too long. It's important that you're there physically in the church pew uh, to listen. All right. So for someone to sit there and put us down because we're having we're forced to do online service uh, is is ridiculous. And it's important that you're that you're physically in that church. So don't forsake that. Don't uh, make sure that, um, you know, not be a part of that group that is falling away. And uh, it's, it's important that particularly our younger people that we are showing uh, our, our uh, a sense of realism. And uh, this is something I hit on here a little while back uh, due to a book I've been reading uh, called, called about unchristian. And uh, a lot of young people, they see Christians as judgmental. They see them as uh, holier than thou, super spiritual, infallible. And so it draws them, it pushes them away from church. We need to make sure our young people understand that, yes, every one of us are none righteous, no, not one. That every one of us fall. That every one of us fail. That we are, we are all on the same journey, all right, to understand more of Jesus Christ. And that when we correct something that we see on social media, that we're doing it in a type of loving way. That uh, that you know, even though we don't agree with something. That, you know, even though it's one of, I don't care what you do, it's going to be judgmental. You know, the, the very ones screaming judgmental is, are the very ones who are judging you. But try your best to not show a, a, a spirit of high-mindedness, but, a, but in a sense of humility that, you know what, I'm going to try to uh, uh, do better uh, in demonstrating the things of Jesus Christ. What? How can I show Jesus in, in, in response to something that even though I don't agree with it, then I've demonstrated Christ in a way that will draw people to him. And I think if we could do that, and I'll show such a, a spirit of, of I will roar way up here and look at you, you know, 
nasty people. We don't need to be like it. We need to show humility and, and understand that, hey, man, we screw up too, but guess what? God forgives us and he loves us, and we're a church because that's where we need to be. The church is the hospital for the sin sick because that's where we need to be. All right? Yes, they're full of hypocrites. But you know what? Everybody's a hypocrite on some level. So you know what? It's okay. Come to church. And I think if more younger people could see that and understand that, that may, may draw them a little closer to Jesus Christ. So let's make sure we're doing that. Make sure that, you know, I know there's a lot of people who are watching here on um, social media that, uh, you know, uh, what was I going to say? My mind just went completely blank on me. That are watching on social media that um, I have no idea where I was going with that. I had a complete thought and it just went right out of my head. Uh, but... Um, that may not go to church, you know, and so we need to uh, encourage that uh, among other people. I know that's not exactly what I was going to say, but if the Lord may say it, I guess it'll stay in my mind. Now, here in Matthew, again, like I said, well, we've got a lot of verses here in Matthew. Let's look at Matthew chapter um, 25. But just be sure that you're not going to a church or that you're not listening to something you're just getting your ears tickled. All right? Make sure that you're learning and growing. All right. But we're looking at Matthew uh, 25, verses, uh, particularly verses 2 through 4. Um, I don't know. I may read a little past that. Just get the point across. Uh, verse 2 says, And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They were foolish, took the, they that were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps, while the bridegroom tarried, verse 5, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for your for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. It was shut. It was not shot, but shut. <laughs> Afterwards came also the other verse saying, Lord, Lord, open up to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Now, get a chance to continue reading that, um, that entire uh, that passage and that chapter in its entirety. So when we look here, now right, we're talking about uh, them that were wise and those who were foolish. All right. Now, oftentimes uh, God's word will, will, will read. Uh, we're talking about a parable here. The parable always makes a point. And oftentimes you see in God's word uh, that uh, God uh, is the groom and we the church are the bride. You see that referred to many, many times. And when we see here, particularly in verse 5, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. All right. So in other words, he's saying here that there's going to be a delay. All right, there's people out there uh, who says that uh, these scoffers, if you will. In fact, um, speaking of scoffers, let's see here. I think it was in First Peter, or no, Second Peter 3, 3 through 4. Let's look at this right here in regards to this. I think it's, uh, let me get over here, Second Peter 3, 3 through 4. Peter 3, hold on here, 3, 3 through 4, um, keep your finger there in Matthew. Uh, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, is saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. All right. So, we don't know the hour in which Christ is going to return. And that's why he's saying he's telling us here that there's going to be a delay. And since the time of, you know, 2,000 years ago, people were even then were saying, well, where's he at? You're saying he's going to return. And we get that today. You know, I, the fact there was somebody online just the other day a post something where people were mocking us as Christians and, um, and making fun of, of uh, the rapture and Christ uh, coming. And so... Um, and again, remember, the rapture of the second coming is two different things. All right, make sure that's clear. But making fun of us. And that's what's going to happen. And God's Word talks about how people will continue to have babies. They'll be marrying and doing all these things. And then, boom, in a blink of an eye, we're going to be raptured out of here. And uh, you've heard me talk about that video before. It's on uh, YouTube, how the preacher's talking. And he said, Jesus Christ would come right now. He'd come in the next few minutes. He'd come tomorrow. And all of a sudden, bam! All of a sudden, it's like a, a lighting, a very well-edited uh, video. And all of a sudden, uh, the, the Bible 
drops to the ground and uh, people, him and the pastor, the people in the congregation uh, disappeared. But yet there were like two or three or four people and they're standing up. I mean, people are upset and freaking out now because of uh, this virus. Imagine when the rapture hits. And these people, they were hitting their knees crying and sobbing because they realized the reality of the gospel and salvation, and it was too late. Now, during the tribulation, I think that uh, people can come to know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. I think it would be very rare, but if they do, it's going to be at the cost of their own lives. But we see here that there will be a delay, and so we should expect that, all right, that there is going to be that delay. So let people make fun. Let them mock us. Do what they got to do. We know the reality, and we must be prepared. Now, must be spit everywhere. Now that um, uh, realize that God's time is not our time. All right, God's time is different. One day is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. If that is the case, two thousand years has only been two days. You know, so since Christ uh, ascended and after the resurrection, so you know God's time is not our own. And uh, you know we, you know, even though we may we may not live. Uh, to uh, to see the return of Jesus Christ. You know, if he tarries, we may not live, but realize how short our lives are. You know, we see that time and time again in God's Word, that we're just a bit of vapor, and we're only here for a little while, and we see all these things time and time again that, that our lives are so very, very short. So we, we're going to see Christ sooner than later anyway. But uh, So we should be excited about that. Not fearful, but excited the fact that we, we will, those who are saved, know, uh, who know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, we will see him again, all right? We will see him, rather. Uh, that, um, you know, so life is so short that we need to make sure, just like uh, these, these, uh, these, five, these, 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 um, the wise and the foolish, the five uh, uh, virgins who are waiting on the bridegroom, that, um, that we are, we are lamps, uh, have plenty of oil, and that we are ready and waiting so that when that time comes, we'll get to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so it says, And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Now, with that said, uh, let's see here. Look at First Thessalonians 4. 16 talking about a cry command keep your finger here Matthew but first Thessalonians 4 16 first Thessalonians 4 16 says for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven and with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first okay so you know we uh, a lot of times we read that and uh, people have a problem uh, with cremation and things of that nature because they say well the dead's going to rise hey we won't have you know our, our spirits going to be united with our bodies or we'll have new new bodies heavenly bodies thank God all right <laughs> we'll have brand new bodies but that's it when we see that here we can correlate that here in first Thessalonians talking about when we see this here that um, um, verse six and it meant that there was a cry made we can correlate that first first Thessalonians 4 16 that uh, that shall descend from heaven with a shout. All right, so I, I just thought that was interesting to correlate uh, those two uh, together to have some understanding. Now, we uh, when, you know Jesus Christ when he knew that he was uh, no longer going to uh, be on this earth, he was worried and concerned about the disciples and uh, that their joy may be full. And, and that's one thing that we need to understand: Christ will will, will fill us with His joy and with His peace and perfect love cast out fear. We see these things that you know that Jesus Christ wants us to not be afraid. Because you imagine the disciples, I'm sure they were scared uh, when Jesus, uh, when he died on the cross, and they weren't sure what was going on, but then he revealed himself, uh, and he rose again, And uh, but he wanted their joy to be full. And Christ wants that for each and every one of us. He wants us to understand the reality of how short life is, that we, we want to, he wants to have our, remember, there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness can be fleeting, but our joy can be made full. We can have joy and, and turmoil. We can have joy and, and the roughest of times because it comes from Jesus Christ. So this, you know, praise God for that, that we take uh, hand, take hold of his hope and his joy that he gives us. But, you know, when we see that again, we see here in verse 5 of, of chapter 25 in Matthew, uh, being, you know, when it's talking about that sleeping, the slumber, you know, we kind of almost can apply that to today of, of our everyday lives, you know, our going out and our coming in and what we're doing is, you know, our day-to-day -day lives, that sleeping and slumbering can be applied to that. <clears throat> 
But we need to be careful. And uh, those virgins who rose or trimmed their lamps and the full descent into the wise, give us your oil. They were as prepared. And so that's one thing we need to understand, my friends, that uh, we need to be prepared. Yes, there's none righteous, no, not one. No, there's nobody perfect. And, you know, uh, of course, uh, people always say, well, what if I'm in the middle of sinning and, and Christ returns? Your, your, your name is written. If you have accepted Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's not going to be erased, okay? You're not going to, you know, God's not out to get you. He's not out to, to look at people and be like, oh, Matt screwed up again. Let's take it out. You know, he's, it's not how it works. Uh, now, if you claim in word only, that you have given your life to Jesus, but you bear no fruit, you show no resemblance of any kind of heart change whatsoever, you need to really take a hard look at yourself and see if you really clearly understood what salvation was and if you truly meant uh, what you said uh, and uh, to, when you made that prayer. And remember, I think some people think that, that when you say the prayer of salvation, it's some magical formula. It's getting your, your ticket stamped and, and do what you want to. That's not how it works. You Once you've made that true change, all right, that change of mind that only Christ can give us, we're talking about redemption, is that uh, we want to serve an almighty God. And, you know, just like my heavenly father, my, my earthly father, you know, I don't want to do anything to hurt him. And I, don't, and I want to do things that please him because I love him. And just like our heavenly father, you know, whose, whose love is far greater than an earthly father could ever hope for or imagine, we want to do things to please him. And so that's why we are, it's not works that gets us into heaven, but it's because of our faith and our love for Jesus Christ that we produce good works, and we want to do those things that we know will honor Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to strive for each and every day. That's why when we have our Bibles, we want to read it, we want to memorize for it, memorize it, we want to love it. We may even have to die for it if necessary because of what God is offering us. And so we have to stand true and stand strong. You know, and when it talks in latter days, and I mean hit on this earlier, is that uh, in Revelation, you know, some people want to say, uh, you know, is China part of the last days? You know, the reason I want to bring that up because of China's in the news and uh, they found out that, uh, you know, that they were blatantly lying when they said that there was no more new cases in China. And of course, you know, what do you expect from a communist country? It's not like they're going to always tell the truth. And uh, someone can look at, uh, I want to say, uh, I think it's Revelation 16, that um, talking about the kings of the east. And uh, the armies from the east, and someone uh, said that that could be uh, attributed to China. Uh, you know, I think that could uh, be a bit of a stretch. I mean, it's it's possible. So in the fact is to, to specifically say that China is truly part of the end times, uh, you know, I, I think that's um, uh, being a little bit bold uh, in that interpretation. So, you know, again, we have to be careful not to read into something. There is exegesis and there is isogesis. There is those who, that we need to interpret God's word as it's supposed to be uh, and as uh, literally as it, as it says, uh, again, unless it's allegory or metaphor. And there's those isogesis where those who want to put in to God's word what you want it to say. And so we have to be very, very careful what we say and do in regards to God's word that we're not putting out false information out there. So, again, uh, that we need to be sure that we are uh, serving God daily. If you're doing that, and you're keeping your eyes on Jesus Christ, first, there's nothing to fear. God's going to fill us with his joy. He's going to fill us with his peace. And he's going to get us through this, whether it's this virus or anything else that we have to deal with in this world. God will get us through that, and there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear that if we, even if this is the last days, and, and, and you know, it's one thing we have to be, the Bible has, has over prophecy after prophecy has come true. We can always rely on the Bible. You, get, you, know, you can have the Nostradamus or you can have the Jehovah's Witness who want to say that uh, when Christ returns, if somebody's trying to tell you when Jesus is going to return and have a specific date and time, get away from them. All right, These people are crazy because not even uh, the, the, in heaven they know when Christ is coming back. All right, So how, how is, is, is a mortal man supposed to know? But we always know that we can depend upon God's word. So we shouldn't be fearing it. We should be exciting, excited and anticipating Christ's return. Our lives are very, very short. So let's make sure we're living each day for Jesus. Uh, we're ministering and we're trying to get people saved that we're in church and we're studying. We're doing all these things for Jesus Christ 
make sure you're doing that so that uh, when the time comes, whether it's our, our death or uh, the rapture, hey, we're ready either way. There's nothing to fear. So what does it matter? All right. Whether, you know, again, you know, as, as dad was uh, when he called in earlier, you know, we need to have common sense. You know, I think a lot, you know, there's some people out there, well, I have nothing to fear and it's faith over fear. And it just, well, you might as well just walk in the middle of traffic and say, well, it's faith over fear. And when you get creamed by a semi, you want to say, well, I don't know what happened, God. Uh, it's faith over fear, you know. And I was going to say, well, I gave you some common sense. You should have known better walking in the middle of traffic. You know, there's one thing to, to have faith and not be fearful, but we have to use good common sense at the same time. So I'm not saying go meet with 20 of your buddies and cough in your wife's face or whatever. That's, that's ridiculous, you know. We need to make sure that we're, we're using good common sense there. But at the same time, let us not be... Uh, let fear rule and control us and uh, don't be fearful of the end times and be fearful of Jesus Christ's return because if your salvation is secure then you have nothing to worry about and um, you know again I've just scratched scratched the surface uh, on this topic I mean I've just kind of hit some highlights on some things uh, to bring some clear understanding and uh, in, in what's you know because I, I just feel like there's a lot of like there's a lot of false information with this COVID-19 thing that's on, on social media a lot of false information in regards to uh, end times that we have to be aware of as well. So let's let's be careful about that. Make sure we're studying to show ourselves approved. All right. So uh, remember, life is short. So let's make sure we're living it completely and totally and fully for Christ in all things. Let us have a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you. We love you, and we praise you. Lord, help us to live each day glorifying you. Let us be waiting with anticipation, as we was reading here in Matthew 25, just as the, the bridesmaids or the virgins that were waiting for the groom, Lord, let us be ready and be prepared and not be fearful. And uh, Lord, let us just serve you with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being. Fill us with joy, fill us with peace, fill us with strength. Lord, for someone watching that doesn't know you, let us pray this prayer. Dear God. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead God and protect us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I hope everybody has a great day today. A fantabulous day. Don't forget to to uh, log back into your social media or on the church website at uh, uh, flbconline.com at 6 o'clock. And we're going to continue an awesome study in Hebrews and look forward to that. So I hope everybody has a blessed day. Stay in, stay safe, and stay well. And most of all, keep Jesus first in all things. I hope you all have a blessed and wonderful day. Thanks for watching.